Most software companies are wasting 20 to 30% of their spend. They're just simply not using it or not using it efficiently enough. And it's really scary because imagine how much more you could be profiting or how much more you could be putting into actual, real, helpful initiatives. Well, fortunately, Indus Katan was here. He came in to share what's going on, why people are missing this, and where you can fix this loss in these dollars. He also shares some really cool stuff about his journey and how his company's been able to grow and what they've done to make that happen with some cool advice for early stage founders. You're going to like this one. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit. Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here is your host, Matt Wallach. And welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming. So glad to have you here. My name is Matt, and my goal is to help you scale your SaaS so you can achieve that incredible dream exit that you've always wanted. I am super, super excited to be joined by Indus Kaitan today. Indus, how are you doing today? Doing very well. You know, Thank you for having me. It's like a sunny Thursday morning after all the rain that we had. Very cool. Well, sunny mornings, you can't beat that, right? You know, uh, Indus, let me make sure everybody knows who you are. So Indus is the CEO and founder at Qualum. Qualum is a SaaS and cloud spend reduction product funded by Sequoia and Nexus. So they've got a lot of good, awesome backers. Most recently, he led growth at Chargebee, where revenue grew three times under his watch. Now, Chargebee, by the way, super amazing system. If you are a SaaS company, you probably have heard of it already. This is that guy, Indus. So in his free time, this is something I absolutely love. He flies a single-engine Cessna 172 over the San Francisco Bay Area, something that I have always dreamed of becoming a pilot. And so I'm really jealous that Indus has gone out and done that and he gets to fly around. So Indus, thanks for coming on the show. Super, super excited and uh, love chatting with you now. Absolutely. So tell me what's going on with you lately and what's coming up? I think... Uh... You know, sometimes I'm waking up worried these days, what's happening in the markets, uh, tech valuations, venture capital, dollars, overall revenue pressure, you know, worldwide in technology spending. So that kind of keeps me awake, but super hopeful of uh, where software has come in the last 20 years. So that's where we all are. It's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I got in the business about 16, 17 years ago or so. And uh, to to see the evolution that software has had over that time. And when we started, one of the big things we had to do with our market was just educate them on what SaaS even was. Like, that's how long ago I was... Like, they had no clue what this whole SaaS thing was and what software is. Oh, wait, I don't have to store this? How do, you don't send me a CD that I have to load? Like that was what we went to. We had to fight that battle first before we could even tell them about our product. So, uh, yes, the evolution has been quite amazing, hasn't it? Yeah, from I remember working for larger companies and I would file a ticket to IT. Hey, I need this piece of software and say, OK, fine, get it approved by your boss somebody will pay and then we will install it overnight remotely by an agent on your machine how magical was that yeah <laughs> yeah that was next level when they could do that and install it remotely that, that's uh you were like holy cow that's incredible and now we look at that and be like that would be a nightmare of a process <laughs> and, and that was an evolution from cds or you know what you mentioned right and we're like gosh software on demand 
And when SaaS happens, oh, the world just changes. Mm-hmm. It's been a pretty, pretty fun ride, that's for sure. So, uh, well, I want to understand. Qualum looks like an amazing product. Tell me a little bit. How did that idea come about? Where did you, where did you decide? Hey, I want to do this. I think the the genesis was definitely while I was at Chargebee. I ran growth for Chargebee for some time. The company grew very rapidly while I was there. Nothing that I did. I was just hanging out. Right. And uh, my team was spending a lot of money on campaigns and growth initiatives, and we bought a lot of software to power that. Fast forward six months down the road, somebody in finance would knock my door saying, Indus, I see all these charges on your card statement. When did you approve this? And I would scratch my head saying, I don't remember. They tally up like thousands of dollars. <laughs> and it dawned on us that we were not doing a great job. We were post facto then started using spreadsheet to track these products. And you know how growth organizations are. We find a hack, we harness it to the fullest, and then we move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And that happened to a lot of products that we bought. And the idea just lingered in my mind saying, hey, something has to be done. You know, Can we be a buyer's friend to buy these tools rather than just buy randomly? And then fast forward, I quit Chargebee in the summer of 2019 with a thesis that something has to be done without a product. Started Qualum December-ish. 2019, writing product, we launched, we did beta in revenue in last year, 25 paying customer by end of 2022, close to a million ARR now. So that's where our journey has been. I love it. It's such a fun story. And one of my favorite things about software, we talked about how awesome software is, but the fact that you have this idea and you see this problem and you can create something out of nothing. Now, I know that there's code and there's a lot of work, but really software is something that you're kind of creating out of nothing. It's just kind of an amazing thing. You don't have to go out and like source some plastic for manufacturing or something. And it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous how we can create this million-dollar idea that Indus has created just because you saw a problem, saw a pain, and know that you can create a solution. So first of all, well done on that. And isn't it so cool? I think it's just amazing. I think uh, to your plastic example, it'll take you six months to source machinery, raw material, get your county to approve the manufacturing unit. And by the time the first product comes out, you want to pivot to something else. Guess what? All of that equipment goes to waste. Software, pivot overnight, change the color, change this code, and you have new product altogether. Lovely. So cool. So cool. Now, I know that uh, a lot of SaaS companies struggle with controlling their spend, and it's, it's a real issue for them. What are some of the challenges that, that lead to this and, and some of the ways that they can overcome it? I think the basic is, you know, you and I, let's say we go to our neighborhood supermarket thinking we will cook during the weekend, invite all the friends over, and we overbuy supplies. And then we put it in the refrigerator. The weekend goes by because the friends came over to meet you, not to necessarily eat with you, right? Mm -hmm. You do a little bit of the cooking, you watch a movie, but then the raw material sits in your refrigerator forever. That's what's happening in SaaS. We do Mm -hmm. not know how much we have bought. If we have bought, we have not used it. 
and that money is like hundreds of millions of dollars is just being wasted rotting in the refrigerator nobody accounting mm. that's the biggest issue that we see overbought licenses underused product features and you know that money could have bought and i'll give you an analogy and you laugh at it uh, for a customer we said oh you could have given one tesla model 3 to each of your employees that was a scale of waste wow that's incredible and i'm sure that they were loving that you were able to find that for them and uncover that yeah and this is the situation worldwide across every product company that has bought software yeah that, well i can speak for my own businesses even though they're they're quite small but we have multiple products that we've bought that are sitting there doing nothing and we haven't really employed them or used them or very, very lightly use them. And we could certainly do without them. So it's definitely something that people need to, to look at. But it, when we look at SaaS procurement, a lot of people are making mistakes. How can these companies, how can these leaders do better? I think you start at the top level uh, and slightly cliched, but you find out who is the buyer in your organization. So let's say you're buying Let's take sales tools as an example, right? And, you know, some smart SDR comes in and say, hey, I can do my outreach better if I can use SalesLoft. And let's say they are already using, let's take Apollo or Outreach or something similar. Mm. What normally happens, the leaders do not question this motive saying, okay, I want you to succeed. I want you to hit the quota. Go ahead and buy it. Now, fine, you bought that one license of SalesLoft, but did you cancel the license of outreach that was assigned to you? Mm -hmm. And the rot or the damage starts from there because people are not asking the hard questions. And not that they don't want to because their motive is let this guy run it, his business or her business, let him or her achieve her objectives. And that's a $45 or $100 per month tool. We'll figure that out. And then soon this contagion, I'm going to amplify this, goes across the business in sales. Everybody's buying whatever they want to buy. In mm -hmm. marketing, hundreds of tools. In DevOps, engineering is buying whatever they want to buy. Essentially, you have duplicate products. So to answer your question, first thing is ask that, why do you need it? Do we have a comparable that you're already using and why it doesn't work? Is mm. it something that you do not like? Is it the configuration that's missing? And you start with that. The second is beyond the, you know, what you already have is sometimes the shiny object phenomena saying, oh, I want to use copy.ai or Jasper to write better cold emails. Fine. Try it out for 15 days. Don't pay for everybody. And then you control the proliferation of things that you would never need. So I think those are the two key starters. And then behind the scenes, you do hygiene saying, oh, have we negotiated? Is procurement or IT involved? Are you monitoring every quarter if you're not using? And can we cancel those accounts? So I think if you mm -hmm. take care of these three foundational things, 10 to 20% of your spend will already be not wasted. That's pretty amazing. And Qualum is doing all this for you, right? 
yeah, we do this. We come in, we start with a very simple, you know, what we call as an audit, but it's kind of automated, you know, way to look at your licenses, look at your consumption, and then match it up with your contracts or invoices mm -hmm. saying, oh, Matt, you, your sales team, 100 employees, you bought 150 licenses because you thought your team is going to grow. Renewal is coming up. Scale it down to 100. Don't pay for 150 what you agreed upon. Mm -hmm. And many times SaaS vendors would reluctantly agree saying, okay, you're not using, I'm going to give you a life. We'll renew at 100 rather than 150. And you save a bunch of money there. That's super awesome. Re really cool idea you've had. Now, I want to look back at, at your history. How does someone go from a small company to a large company and then to a small company? Like, what, what were some of the changes you had to make in your work style and the way you dealt with other people? What were some of those lessons you learned? I think foundationally, the, the one element is curiosity that has to hang in with you. Um, I'll give you my charge B recruitment. When yeah, I started talking to Krish, who was the founder and CEO, I told him up front, hey, Krish, I have no idea how SMB sales cycle, how SMB products get sold and bought. And my desire to come work for charge B is to understand that. Because in my prior life, I had done a startup which sold to Fortune 500, you know, my previous startup in mobile security, we sold to companies that had billions of dollars of revenue. Mm -hmm. Our first check at Bitser, my previous startup from our customer was 950K ARR, first customer. So I knew how big businesses bought, I had no idea how smaller businesses, you know, mm -hmm. worked. So coming in saying, hey, I want to learn how SMB sales or SMB SaaS works. And that, you know, drove me into, into Charge B. I, I brought over what I knew, but I learned quite a bit from Krish and the other team that was already there. And that is the change that is continuous that, hey, let's find out in ourselves what we do not know. I'll give you one more example and you'll be shocked. When we started Quolum, I did not know how finance works. I had no idea what a left and right accounting system looks like, how a ledger is managed. We learned it through YouTube videos, some advisors, and we ended up writing products that do accounting, management and uh, of dollars and cents. So I think that's, this is the, the journey of mine that, hey, find something that I do not know that excites me and, hey, go figure out a way to learn it quickly and then implement it, make mistakes, and then kind of iterate over. And that's how I have been in the last 10, 15 years of my life. Very cool. I love it. So uh, it, I think it's a great lesson for all of us that... First of all, once you enter a market, you may not need to be perfect, but go learn, go soak it up, go go become knowledgeable and become an expert in that thing. There's there's a wealth of knowledge available to us out there. I'm I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir. A lot of people listening to this show are saying, "Matt, I'm doing that. I'm learning about SaaS. You're teaching me. Thank you." So so good job doing that. But don't ever stop. Keep going. And I think that that's something that I try to do. I try to get my team to do it. It's 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 definitely the way to do it. So that's awesome. Share there, Indus. I want to ask though, at the beginning, when you got Qualum kicked off, and you said, "Okay, we're going out there. We're going to do this thing. We're going to save people a bunch of money." 
How did you gain that trust early? How did you win some of those early customers when they looked at you and said, well, you're brand new. Like, how do we know? How did you earn that trust? I don't think we have fully earned the trust yet. And that's a journey. But uh, we did win the trust of early customers. And that's very difficult. It's still very difficult for us. We are still a very small seed-funded startup. We have not raised hundreds of millions of dollars, not even tens of millions of dollars. We are in a single digit still. And if you have not, and then this is in a good or bad part of a small business, that if you have not done a great job, at least in tech, of raising money and doing brand awareness, people think or they misconstrue that you're incapable in general. And nothing against that. This is how our mind works, right? We buy stuff that we see on TV, not necessarily what we see in a, in a journal that's get thrown at our face or somebody hawking at the roadside. They mm -hmm. could be equally good products, but we somehow attribute brand value and trust to what we see more and more. So what we did early on, we fanned out on social media. We did a lot of outreach on LinkedIn people who could trust us easily by proxy. So either, you know, fan out my own background saying, hey, I've worked for X company. I'm an entrepreneur. In, I've sold a startup or I know X who's a common connection. So use that proxy of you as an individual or somebody you know to establish trust with a potential buyer. That's how our first five, 10 customers came into being just by our first degree or second degree of connections. I love that. I think that's super smart. And a lot of people who come to work with me, they, you know, they say, Hey, Matt, help me grow, help me scale. And one of the things I ask is, have you used your own personal network? Have you, have you gone at least to use that resource? Now it's obviously a limited channel. There's only so many people, you know, but it is one that some people don't even use and don't think about, but it's super important. So I'm glad you did that. Let me go the other way. As you're getting going, what were some of the mistakes that happened that you look back and were like, oh, I wish we didn't do that, or I wish we would have avoided that somehow? Hmm, great question. Thinking about it, I think we took some time to build relationships with the buyer. Um, and, and this is my, you know, my inner engineer, you know, kind of stopping me to do what should be done in a business. You know, the engineer in me says, hey, we got to build it first. We're going to show that this thing is possible. Then you start selling. And I get complaints about this from my investors that you started selling very late, which I now agree wholeheartedly that I should have started selling the product while we were building it. Like mm -hmm. Jan 2020, I should be behaving as if I have a normal product. But the engineer in me was stopping me and saying, no, no, you got to build at least 75 or 80% of your MVP before you go out and sell. So if I have to correct something that I did not do is exactly this, you know, go talk to more people as if the product is ready rather than, hey, I'm build thinking of building this, going to be ready in nine months. Um, that's one change I would make. I think that's great advice. That's, that's kind of the old way of, of doing things of build the product, then start marketing. And one of the things that I've learned through this whole process is no, 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 start marketing. Now start getting that ball rolling because it takes a while to get things to actually start to click within your marketing. And, and 
if you do it right and you do it earlier, and then once the product's ready, now home run, you can start to win really, really early, start to see that scale. So I think that's, that's really, uh, an awesome lesson to have learned. What advice would you have for other software leaders who are just getting started and, and looking to grow and follow a strong path like you have? I got this radical idea, and this is I'm going to try in my next startup, but I'm going to give it to people. Look at your LinkedIn and find the people who have the most amount of titles in a domain. Is your connection only in finance, only in DevOps, only in sales? And pivot around building software for what your first connections are, because that's what you're going to struggle for when you start your sales cycle. You know, for example, we sell to finance. The minimal amount of connections I had was in finance on my LinkedIn. Like oh, actually wow. shocker for me. If mm -hmm. I had known early on, I would have thought a totally different destiny or have started reaching out to finance very early on in 2020 mm -hmm. January. Makes sense. That's good advice. Uh, I, I think that's really smart to be able to pick a niche that you're connected with, or at least start to realize how do I get more connected with this niche? So that's, that's really awesome. Indus, this has been really, really awesome. And I appreciate you coming in. How can our audience learn more about you and Qualum? You can find me on social media or on LinkedIn, Indus Ketan, my first and last name, you know, Google me, my Twitter handle is there. Follow me there. Qualum is Q-U-O-L-U-M. Google it. We can help you save a bunch of money on software. Perfect. And we'll put all that into the show notes as well. So if you're listening, you'll be able to see that all there. Indus, this has been great. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. And uh, stay warm and stay safe. And I am trying to do the same here in the Bay Area rains. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Everybody else out there, thank you for coming as well. Thanks for listening and watching. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. Hit that subscribe button right now. That way you're going to get notified of any new episodes coming out with other people like Indus sharing their experience and showing you exactly how to scale your SaaS. Thanks for coming and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallach.com.